Welcome to Space Nerds, your source for intergalactic science fiction and science fact. Engines primed, engage! Hey, hey, this is Alexandria. I'm Jane Smith. And I'm Douglas Gale. And I will be bringing you Space News, Star Trek, Duck Space Nine, Firefly, Black Mirror, and probably superhero stuff. Dystopian fiction! Who's excited? I'm Jesse Mercury, and I'll be your constant cosmic companion, bringing you the weekly space news and sitting down with these amazing friends to talk about science fiction. We are Space Nerds! What's up, Space Nerds? Welcome to the show. Did you know that Earth has a space junk problem? Like there's too much junk in outer space around Earth, and it's a problem. It's a space junk problem. This is, it's crazy. I just, I've learned about this recently, and that's what we're going to be talking about in today's space news segment, is the space junk problem of planet Earth. And then we'll be talking about Black Mirror Episode 2, 15 Million Merits, uh, an incredible, fantastic episode of television that I am thrilled to be talking to Alexandria about today. But first things first, let's talk space junk. Space news! All right, Alexandra, you ready for some space news? Let's go. I'm trying to, I'm trying to vary up the um the topics here to kind of keep us bouncing around a little bit okay uh but this actually touches a little bit on something we talked about earlier um with the the lunar space elevator like what if space junk crashes into it okay so i did want to go into space junk a little bit because i found this really interesting this is from scientific american the quest to conquer earth's space junk problem did you know that we have a space we junk have a problem? problem we have a problem with space junk <laughs> tell me more and I'm not talking about the pouches for astronauts' penises like we were also talking about earlier. I'm talking about... <laughs> a full-on facepalm. Full-on... I'm so glad I got that on video. junk. A space facepalm. <laughs> she quits. Jeff, thank you so much. Um... Zombie satellites, rocket shards, and collision debris are creating major traffic risks in Zombie orbit satellites? around the planet. Zombie satellites, yeah. Like satellites, the satellites that are dead, but they're just up there. Satellites that are dead, but have come back to life? I don't think zombie's the right word. I think they yeah. just mean dead satellites. Dead satellites. Yeah, not undead satellites, just dead satellites. <laughs> Researchers are working to reduce the threats posed by more than 20,000 objects in space. So, 20,000 objects in space. Does that say that instead of like throwing anything that we're throwing into landfills are we just shooting it out into space and then we go oh no (laughs) space junk (laughs) let's find out on monday the 2nd of july the cryosat 2 spacecraft was orbiting as usual just over i don't need the background information just get me to the details (laughs) (laughs) the exasperation on your face just ugh. okay Here we go. In 2017, commercial companies, military and civil departments, and amateurs lofted more than 400 satellites into orbit, over four times the yearly average for 2000 to 2010. Numbers could rise even more sharply if companies such as Boeing, OneWeb, and SpaceX follow through on plans to deploy hundreds to thousands of communication satellites into space in the next few years. If all those those proposed mega constellations go up, mega constellations in quote, I don't even know what that means, they will roughly equal the number of satellites that humanity has launched in the history of space flight in the next couple years. That's crazy. All that traffic can lead to disaster. Um, And there's some examples here of uh, satellites smashing into other satellites. Oh, so these aren't even just junks. These are like just... Traffic jams. Traffic jams and also the debris caused by crashes. Uh-huh. So if like one satellite crashes into another and you get all this debris. Did you see Gravity, the movie with uh, Sandra Bullock and George yeah. Clooney? There's, you know, 
they they came across some some space debris at one point. It was okay. quite harrowing. Okay. But and the music like turned up on you and like the most assured the drums. Although was there music? I don't remember. I only saw it once in the theater. Oh, it could have been quiet. Thought it was that overrated. Did I enjoyed it? Thought it was overrated. Don't be talking about Sandra Bullock like that. I didn't say Sandra Bullock was overrated. Miss Congeniality. Favorite. Incredible movie. Are you serious? I love that Are movie. Are you kidding me right now? I'm not kidding you. Why what? haven't we ever talked about this Miss before? Miss Congeniality 2? Trash. No, yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. Trash. Completely, so bad. Complete garbage. Yeah. We don't actually discuss that at all. But like, how did we not ever... I just hadn't come up. Are you kidding also, me? Also, William Shatner was in Miss Congeniality. He was. I love that movie. It's really good. Like, what? <laughs> I am... Uh, I'm like an onion. I have layers. Clearly. I mean, you should have guessed. I love Scandal. Oh, that's kind of different. It is different. But there's something about it that is... I cannot believe that we have to. Okay, <laughs> continue. Um, okay, so uh, thousands of new pieces of shrapnel now threaten other satellites in low Earth orbit. Uh, the zone stretching up to 2,000 kilometers in altitude. So that's low Earth orbit, up to 2,000 kilometers. That's That answers a question we had earlier. Okay, great. Um, although Altogether, there are roughly 20,000 human-made objects in orbit from working satellites to small shards of solar panels and rocket pieces. And satellite operators can't steer away from all potential collisions because each move consumes time and fuel that could otherwise be used for the spacecraft's main job. That's that's interesting. I mean, resources are so valuable in space because once you're up there, you can't get more resources, right, especially for like a, a machine-operated yeah. um, device, something that's like not man... Or man men are operating... Or women. <laughs> uh, it's not... <laughs> Something that doesn't have human beings on board. Yeah. You know, it's just up there. Well, even if you have human beings on board, you're just up there with whatever you have. Yeah, you know? that's it. So, yeah, you can't get more resources once you're up in space. So, if something's coming at you that wasn't expected and you have to steer around it, you're using gas, um, fuel that you can't get back, and then maybe can't get back into the right orbit or something like that. Right, and then, and then you what crash happens into if you, else. Or, like, what happens if you, like, have to get back into... Or do things that normally go up to space just stay there? Because what happens when we need to bring them back? How do you have enough gas to come home? That's another part of this is I don't think that much effort is being made to bring satellites back. So then that's They're also creating the traffic jam. Yeah. You, know, you, so, you send it out yeah. and you're like, ah, oh, empty nest. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And that's in this case, the kid never comes home <laughs> and possibly will never write. Isn't that just human nature to like achieve this miraculous feat of putting an object in orbit around our planet that's sending us information and then when it doesn't have any use anymore just leaving it there and forgetting right. about it we're it's gonna like, build another smarter newer you yeah exactly it, that that's crazy my poor dog is coughing Hi, miles you all right get it out miles you can do it miles 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 <laughs> miles. <laughs> all right um concern about space junk goes back to the beginning of the satellite era but <laughs> Miles just made this disgusting noise. Um, concern about space junk goes back to the beginning of the satellite era, but the number of objects in orbit is rising so rapidly that researchers are investigating new ways of attacking the problem. Several teams are trying to improve methods for ass assessing what is in orbit so that satellite operators can work more efficiently in ever more crowded space. Some researchers are now starting to compile a massive data set that includes the best possible information on where everything is in orbit. Others are developing taxonomies of space junk, working out how to measure properties such as the shape and size of an object so that satellite operators know how much to worry about what's coming their way. 
and several investigators are identifying special orbits that satellites could be moved into after they finish their miss- missions. So they burn up in the atmosphere quickly, helping to clean up space. That is interesting. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. Like, put it in an orbit so that it gets fried. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, we don't have Superman to throw it all into the sun, but that would be what I would want to do. Oh, Kal-El. <laughs> don't reveal his secret identity. I didn't. I have. Oh, I have achieved. I thought saying Clark Kent would be revealed. Well, now that's what I. I've gotten more eye rolls out of you than I ever thought possible. (laughs) (laughs) The alternative, many say, is unthinkable. Just a few uncontrolled space crashes could generate enough debris to set off a runaway cascade of fragments, Uh rendering near Earth space unusable. Uh oh. If we go on like this, we will reach a point of no return, says Carolyn Freer. And I can't. I suck at names. What, An astrodynamical F R U E H. Ooh, okay, yeah. An astrodynamical researcher at Purdue Freud? at Purdue University in West Lafayette, Indiana. So, okay, pause for a second here. If we don't address this problem, then our space could become unusable. Like we wouldn't be able to take off and land without like some Hitting sort something? of energy shield or yeah. something. Yeah. Like this is insane that we're facing this problem because we are just wasteful, just throwing things unthoughtful up in the air creatures. And walking away. It makes me mad. My, like I have this new toy. I love it so much. I'm playing it every day. And then a new version of the toy comes out. You're talking about the Nintendo Switch, aren't you? No. When so, what you're saying is that when the next Switch comes out, you're gonna throw no, your you Switch that, like, into orbit and leave it no, there. No, no, because we looked at it. That little handheld thing that's like basically a Game Boy, but Switch. Oh, version? the Switch Lite. Yeah, that, I'm not doing that. That doesn't count. That's terrible. That's still like this console generation. I totally could just watch. I mean, play my Nintendo Switch and what's today's date? Um, isn't the Switch? Workout it's, thing come out soon? The ring. It comes out the 18th. It's the 16th today. Okay. I put that on my wish list. So if anyone's watching this and you want to see me play with the, the Ring Fit Adventure, uh, you can send it to me on and Amazon. If anyone, There's a link in the description. If anyone is watching this and just wants to, you know, like, be a sugar daddy to a girl who really likes to play a Switch, you can send me one, too. Just send two to Jesse's house. <laughs> I'll get it. Yeah, or we can share. We shared Breath of the Wild for months. Just send two to Jesse's house. <laughs> Astronomers and others have worried about space junk since the 1960s. And it's what, and 2019? And we're still throwing things up in we're the air and it. leaving them. When they argued against a U.S. military project that would send millions of small copper needles into orbit. What? Why are we sending millions of small, why are we sending millions of small copper needles into orbit? Why are we sm- sending needles? Oh, here we go. The needles were meant to enable radio communications. If high-altitude nuclear testing were to wipe out the ionosphere. So wait, we're sending needles into space in case we accidentally wipe out the ionosphere by testing nuclear weapons. Oof. We are stupid. Humans are dumb. Oof. We are dumb. And y'all want to ride an elevator to the moon? If our species is wiped out due to climate change, then we probably deserved it. But no, let's keep let's grow our meat. Let's take an elevator to the moon and let's send up needles. You know what it'll help instead of like, you know, stopping nuclear testing, I don't know. Let's just send up some needles so that we can we can protect so that our ionosphere. Can all crochet if they so desire. Yo, with copper needles. Hot hands. The Air Force sent the needles into orbit in 1963. This happened where they successfully formed a reflective belt. Most of the needles fell naturally out of orbit over the next three years, but concern over dirtying space nevertheless helped to end the project. 
It was one of the first examples of the public viewing space as a landscape that should be kept clean,、mm. says Lisa Rand. There's a name、oh, I can pronounce. Oh, how nice of、uh, them. A historian of science in、Keep、Philadelphia. Keep space clean. Yeah. Keep space clean. Keep space clean. Keep space clean. Um. <laughs> Since the Soviet, are we still re- we're recording? Okay, good. Since the Soviet Union launched the first satellite Sputnik in in 1957, oh, the number that the correct pronunciation of that it's either that or Sputnik. I, I say、know. Sputnik. That's fine. The number of objects in space has surged, reaching roughly 2,000 in 1970, about 7,500 in 2000, and about 20,000 known items today. The two biggest spikes in orbital degree. Debris. The two biggest spikes in orbital debris came in 2007, when the Chinese government blew up one of its satellites in a missile test, and in the 2009 Iridium Cosmos collision. What's that? You're not going <laughs> to tell me what that is. Both events generated thousands of fresh. Someone tell me in the comments what is the 2009 Iridium Cosmos collision? Bet I could Google it. <laughs> and they account for about half. Oh, both events generated thousands of fresh fragments, and they account for about half of the twenty-plus satellite maneuvers that ESA conducts each year. Would you say the two thousand nine Iridium Iridium dash Cosmos collision? Each day, the U.S. military issues an average of twenty-one. 21- and I almost spelled Iridium correctly. <laughs> I gave it an extra R. Each day, the U.S. military issues an average of twenty-one warnings of potential space collisions every day. Every day we have twenty-one warnings of potential space collisions. On February tenth, two thousand nine, two artificial satellites, Iridium thirty-three and Cosmos twenty-two fifty-one, accidentally collided at a speed of eleven thousand seven hundred miles per second. Meters per second? What's the M? M P M slash S. Is it meters or miles? I don't know. Okay. 26,000 miles per hour or 42,000 kilometers per hour, and an altitude of 789 kil- kilometers above the Tamer Peninsula in Siberia. It was the first time a hypervelocity collision occurred between two satellites. Until then, all accidental hypervelocity collisions had involved a satellite and a piece of space debris. Okay. So two satellites smashed right into each other. Yes, and the and that's the first time that that happened. Estimated that the satellite collision created approximately 1,000 pieces of debris larger than 10 centimeters,、wow. in addition to many smaller ones. By 2000, by July 2011, the U.S. Space Surveillance Network had cataloged over 2,000 large debris fragments. This was a big、wow. deal. The collision、yeah. was a big deal. Crazy.、Um, okay, moving on. In this sorry, article- people in the comments, I be googling. <laughs> uh, moving on. In this article, there's a section that's called "Traffic Cops for Space." Cool. And I want to know what that means. In theory, satellite operators should have plenty of room for all these missions to fly safely without ever nearing another object. So some scientists are tackling the problem of space junk by trying to understand where all the debris is <laughs> to a high degree of precision. I can read. That would alleviate the need for many unnecessary maneuvers that today are used to avoid potential collision. If you knew exactly where everything was, you would almost never have a problem, says Marlon Sorge, a space degree specialist. A space debris specialist、uh-huh. in the Aerospace Corporation in El Segundo, California. The field is called space traffic management because it's analogous to managing traffic on the roads or in the air. Think about a busy day at an airport, says Moriba Ja, an astrodynamicist at、cool. the University of Texas at Austin. There's some really cool-sounding jobs in this article. 
Planes line up in the sky like a string of pearls, landing and taking off close to one another in a carefully choreographed routine. Air traffic controllers know know the location of the planes down to one meter in accuracy. The same can't be said for space debris. Not all objects in orbit are known, and even those included in databases are tracked to varying levels of precision. On top of that, there is no authoritative catalog that accurately lists the orbits of all known space degree. debris. I keep f- fucking up debris and degree. It's great, though. I'm tired. I'm enjoying it. Do you like watching me try to read? I do. I hope anyone else likes watching me try to read. It's soothing. So I just make sure it's still working. Um, okay, let's see if there's anything else here that we want to know. Ja describes himself as a space environmentalist. I want to make space a place that is safe to operate, that is free and useful for future generations. And I think that's, like, so important. Because if we if we get to a point in our society where we have to leave this planet to survive because of climate change, and we've fucked ourselves because you can't even get off the planet because there's so much debris in orbit. too much like, right? Think about it. We're trying to leave the planet that we have ruined right. by climate change, but we can't get out because we ruin space with junk. Right. And are we, as a collective society, are we all responsible for these mistakes? No. Like, you and I can't do I anything about this. I got nothing to do with no satellites. Besides share this information with the world and say, let's not I fuck up space. I don't have nothing, no stakes, and nobody's satellite debris. But yet, we would all be affected by these sort of... Galact- or planetary events. It seems unfair. And when I said steaks, I thought about space-grown meat. <laughs> Homophones. Um, um, yeah, no, I think that would just be that would just be what we get. That's just what we get. That's what we get. Yeah, I think about this a lot about like what if our society ceases to exist entirely because of these decisions that we've made. And on the one hand, I'm like utterly terrified by that. But on the other do hand, we, but do we even have any choice or say over space debris? Well, we have a choice of who we vote into office, and I think that voting environmentalists into office uh, will get us a better chance of having some of these things taken care of. Because, I mean, I hope. I don't know. You don't. You never know. It's like, true. who who knows what? Like, say Elizabeth Warren would do about space debris. I have no idea. I should see if she has a plan because she's got a lot even, of plans. She's probably not thinking about space debris at all. Yeah, probably not. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like. Our vote is one of our best ways to try to bring about this type of change and why it's so important to vote. But on the other hand, it's like, is, this issue isn't about, like an issue on the in, in this upcoming 2020 election. Yeah. Like, you and I are the people who care most about space like debris. Like space debris. Definitely in this room, but maybe even on this block. Maybe even in all of Seattle right That's now. That's fine. Yeah. I, Miles doesn't give a shit. I'm about to say, and He's I don't even know if He's I... He's lying down here coughing. Do I know if I care about space debris? I care more about space debris than anyone else in this room. And that's the Space News. That's the Space News. Space News! All right, Space Nerds, it is Black Period Time. No, 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 do it over. (laughs) How dare you? Uh, (laughs) It's Black Mirror Day. Yo, Jesse's going to kill me one of these days, I swear. I I swear it. I won't. I hate it, but it makes me laugh every time. He's younger than me. Daniel Kaluuya? Kaluuya. Kaluuya. We've, we've already went over this. Well, okay? my memory is Get bad. Get my husband's last name right, yo. <laughs> How old is he? He's 30. Wow, he's yeah, definitely yeah, younger than me. younger than me. And he was born on my half birthday. So I turned s- six months 
Oh, I'm only six months old right I now. I turned six, six months. months. And then he was he was born on my six-month birthday. Well, we're talking about Daniel Kaluuya because <laughs> he is in this episode of Black Not Mirror. Not just in. He's the star of. He is this episode. 15 million merits. 15 million merits. One of the best episodes of anything. And he's fine as That I've hell, ever y'all. seen. I know that we're going to talk about the show, but let's just get over brass tacks. Yeah. Okay? He's really, Way fine. really attractive. Woo! And he has a huge penis. I mean, I don't... Okay, Daniel, you might actually listen to this podcast when you're, you know, scoping me out to try to figure out if I'm worth marrying. (laughs) In which case, I will say I don't... I can't... I can't... I will let him... I will let Jesse's, you know, statement stand alone there. I don't want to leave my friend out to dry, but, like, (laughs) I'm just saying you were wearing those gray sweatpants and um, eggplant o'clock. That's all I'm saying, yo. (laughs) Yeah, uh, he's really hot. I kept thinking that the whole episode. I'm like, damn, he is hot. Man, And I'll fine. admit that I, so I know who he is as an yeah. actor. Yeah. But he's younger in this. This was like his first big acting job in uh-huh. Black Mirror. Um, he was hired for Get Out because of this. And I mean, I've seen him in Black Panther. And I will admit I haven't seen Get Out yet. I, I really want to see Are you kidding it. me? You say that still? to me every time I Because I'm still so shocked. Well, let's watch it. I want to watch it. Okay. Let's have a, a movie party day. We shall. Yeah, it'll with be the rest my of the girls. One, uh, I don't know how many times I've seen it a few times. Yeah, I hear it's amazing. It, I really want to see it. It's really good. Uh, and I loved him in Black Panther, and did not recognize him until like the very end. I'm like, wait, is that Daniel Kaluuya? Yeah, it is. And then, the, and then his name popped up, and I didn't figure it out for. I figured it out before the end of the episode, but not till like almost the very end. Right. Um, and I think it was like during that speech that he gives the big impassioned speech yeah 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 um which is funny because that's what jordan peele said inspired him. him to hire yep. this actor for get out which is pretty cool but anyway okay let's talk about this episode let us uh this is one of my favorite things that i've seen in years and i've seen it like three times now yeah and i just can't get enough of it i i think that this episode is one of the most brilliant um self-contained stories that i've seen on television in such a long time and it's true and I think it's the essence of like true a, a true dystopian future. Yes, it has a lot of um, it comments on on us as a society. It comments yeah. on our wants and desires, and and how terrible we are as well as a people. <laughs> yes. um, and watching it. So what happened, y'all? I watched it years and years and years ago, and then I meant to rewatch it in time to record the podcast. And then I was like, ah. Oh, I'll watch it sometime and I kept forgetting. So we just rewatched it before we started recording today. And and I just kept seeing things and I was like, yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Just brilliant writing, brilliant acting, the creation of this world and, and how believable it was. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The details are impeccable. Absolutely. All throughout the whole episode. Like all these little tiny things that just make the make this world feel real, mm-hmm. and it doesn't just create a world that feels real, but it examines itself, yeah. and in so doing, reflects on our society. Yep. This is the first piece of science fiction that I've seen that examines screen time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. which is a big deal right now. It you know, is. I my uh, I, I have several people close to me have had kids in the last couple of years, and screen time is a big topic of discussion like right how and because much we don't time even know do we give our children to be on screens and we don't know how it's going to affect them developmentally right yeah we turned out okay with like the tv generation did we did we well, i think we did i think we did as far i think we did we, I, I don't think that watching too much tv fries your brain right. which is what but everyone the, but, was but, worried about when i was growing up but we didn't have tv <laughs> mobily right Mo- mobily is that a word uh-huh 
Is it? I think so. Well, y'all, you know, it's fine. Yeah, we Great didn't have a sometimes. tiny little TV in our pocket that we carry around with right. us all day long, which just happened in the last few years. Yeah. We're all so used to it already. Yeah. But cell phones, like the iPhone coming the out. internet in our pockets. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember the day the internet came out. You know, I remember getting the oh, internet. Oh, you're so old. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. Like, <laughs> I remember kidding, my, my dad brought, a com- or my dad, like, brought home a computer that could connect to the internet or, like, brought home a modem or something. So, whatever the dial-up like, was. I do remember. The I remember and the like, dial-up. And I literally was like, what the fuck is the internet? Yeah, yeah, You know, because yeah. I didn't know what it was. Yeah. I mean, I didn't say fuck because I was, like, of course not. a small child. How dare you? Uh, but I remember him telling me he's like yeah it's a you know it's basically like an online or it's a way to get information from home and i'm like well that sounds boring i don't think i even asked questions <laughs> i didn't ask questions we just i was so we wrong. had it like and i understood yeah. like oh can we do <laughs> but blah, then blah? i remember someone telling me well you can see pictures of boobs on the internet and i'm like oh well that sounds useful because oh, i was like wow. a teenage boy you know just, so there was this time in my life where the internet was like a way to see boobs there's that i just hung my still head still is just just y'all oof. yeah okay jesse i was a young a okay, young it's man okay. once. it's fine it's <laughs> fine it's funny because i mean boobs were not the the thing that i wanted to see on the internet but i do remember back when um i i think i say this all the time when it comes to like the internet or writing research papers they used to say like don't use google google's not a reliable source google will pull up false articles and then you'll write a, a paper on something that's wrong so they were telling us not to use the internet uh-huh. because it wouldn't help us like book, oh, wow. book research was the only way to go we had yeah, the book yeah, yeah. purists totally i remember up. i remember that and so we weren't allowed to like don't use google don't use google like right. that's what and now I always be Googling. That's why you gave <laughs> me that. You gave me that nickname. I'm ABG up in here. Um, yeah, I remember in college we weren't allowed to cite Wikipedia, which probably is still a still, thing. It should still be a thing. Yeah, because it can be because anyone can anyone alter can it. alter yeah. these. But yeah. but Wikipedia Edit. is still the first place I go for information. Absolutely. Speaking of, let me read the. That was. Ooh, such a, I did on, not mean to do come that. On, it just segway. happened. Let me read the uh, description of this episode on Wikipedia. Fifteen million merits. The second episode of the first season of Black Mirror. Uh, And here's the background information uh, written by series creator and showrunner Charlie Brooker and his wife, Connie Hook. Uh, Huck? Hook? I'm not sure. I wish I could pronounce name. I wish I could read a name and then pronounce it. That's something I wish I had. And directed by Euros Lin. First aired on December 11th, 2011. Uh, In a world where most of society must cycle on exercise bikes in order to power their surroundings and earn currency called merits, the episode tells the story of Bing, played by Daniel Kaluuya, who meets Abby, played by Jessica Brown Findlay, and convinces her to participate in a talent... Finley. Finley. Thanks. Uh, There goes my flow, damn it. (laughs) Sorry! And convinces her to participate in a talent game show to escape the slave-like world around them. The episode is a science fiction dystopia which features a parallel to reality shows such as The X Factor and figures such as Simon Cowell. All right. How just I I know how I feel about this episode and I want to share that. Yeah. But I'm real curious how you feel about this episode. Oh, it, to me it's it's uh it's perfect. Yes. Um and as I was watching it again, I I kept saying out loud, out loud oh, yep. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm, yep. Like, for example, we're going to break down this episode from start to finish. So, spoiler alert, just overarching umbrella spoiler alert. Um, also, go watch it. Yes. Uh, watch this one for sure. Unlike from, the national anthem, from no the, one fucks a pig in this episode. Because, and, cause, and ugh. <laughs> 
from the moment we see that the main way to get your currency is through an exercise bike. Mm -hmm. What a comment on society. Yes. Going to the video game where they're shooting at plus size people. Yeah. The plus size people are the maids. They are the, they are the slaves. They are the cleaner. They are the cleanup crew. Yeah. And if you get to a certain weight, you go to the cleanup crew. And if you're even, if you go farther yes. in that weight, you'll get put on like a reality um, show. guts. Yeah. Which is just completely demeaning and, it, and horrib- degrading. It, horribly disgusting. Horribly, yeah. horribly, horribly what they do. And it's all reality TV fodder. Yeah. Um, it seems like they're living in a world, a post-apocalyptic world, or maybe I, I was wondering is like, does this take place on earth or maybe underground on earth? Cause they're all like in these bunkers yeah, where yeah. they're, j- you never see daylight uh-huh, in this uh-huh. entire episode. Of course not. Um, everything. Yeah. But they've built this perfect mechanism for controlling society in a, in a dystopian situation where energy is how everyone survives. You know, yep. we, we need to generate energy and maybe the sun is, been blotted out like in the matrix or maybe we're just living on an asteroid tumbling through space somewhere but we need to generate electricity so the only way to do that is by using the human population to cycle on these bikes and then keep their minds occupied and keep them controlled to keep them doing it Mm -hmm. and then having these ways out which are you know fame and fortune yeah basically that's it and the only way out and then shaming everyone who is not physically fit enough to be on the bike and building in this like control and fear about turning into one of those people yep um and you know I don't know. I mean, that's the the one part about this episode that I struggled with was like the footage of blobber guts that they created yeah. because it just like they they asked a human being to they sit did. down and and do they that did. to and so, same with wraith babes though too. Yeah, and, but what I loved about wraith babes is that they only showed like the thumb going in the mouth. Oh yeah, that's you know true. they didn't ask right. the women to take You're their right. clothes off. You're right, and that felt like a respectful way to make this. I think there were a couple naked people though. You probably missed I think them. I think there were a couple yeah, naked. People. I think you're right, but not the main actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I was worried about you know the actors, the overweight actors that they hired to play these parts. You know, it seemed like they put them through some horrible things. Um. Yes. And like ask them to be laughed at for their yes. weight. And I and it's hard because like I like the comment that they made. You know, the comment that the episode makes is like, don't treat people, don't treat people as like garbage yep. Yep. because their body is not shaped like yours. Yep. Um but at the same time it's like asking someone to be in that position is kind of like I wouldn't be able to make something and ask someone to act. You that wouldn't way. be able to play that actor that just shames the janitorial staff. The entire time, that one actor, you know who I'm talking oh, about. Oh yeah, I do. Uh, and he was so funny oh, and so good, but so so despicable, and terrible. And that was like part. He played the hell out of that character. He did, and that to me was where the commentary kind of lie because he's like the worst human there. Yes, is the one who's making fun of the 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 larger people. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. Like, I wouldn't be able to make that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I did appreciate the message that they got across, and I felt like they did a really good job in the episode of. Like illustrating that this makes you an asshole if you think this. Absolutely. Yeah. If you think that these people are funny because they're just because they're overweight, like yeah. that makes you an asshole. Yeah. Overweight is even a terrible word. But um, yeah. what is what is the word? I, for and that? I don't exactly know because yeah. I'm still learning. I say plus size or curvy, um, but I don't know which one. I don't know how people like to identify with themselves. Yeah. And um, I'm sure I say overweight different. because I think overweight is not acceptable for me because I feel like that implies that there is a weight. Sure. Uh, Quo- uh, standard. to be over yeah there's right. a standard and over right. that is to be do you know what i mean absolutely 
And um, I, this is an important conversation, I think, to have about just anything, you yeah. know, like, uh, like African American versus black, you know, yep. like what, you know, like what you're comfortable with is going to be different from someone else. It's completely, yep, it's completely unique. Yeah, and it's important to ask the people in your lives what they want to be referred to yeah. as. Yeah. Um, but it's really hard on a podcast when we don't really know what we're doing and we say things that could be <laughs> right. offensive and, and we don't and, even know. But we that's absolutely thing. don't want to if be. We have, if we have that thing where we say something that's stupid, we, we get dragged on the internet, black Twitter hands us our asses, yeah. and then we come back next week and we say, we are human, we are terrible, we will do better. Yes. And then we do better. We, we don't just be, say we do better. We do better then. Right. And you and I would be lucky enough to have enough people listening to this to someone get mad. Right. And then, and then we get Let dragged. Let us know. Drag us, Drag please. us. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Actually, this podcast did get dragged recently. Oh, yeah? And it, it made me feel like I'd made it. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Yeah. Change your behavior now. Hell. Well, because I usually don't get... Uh, this podcast usually doesn't get dragged yeah. because I don't think that it gets listened to enough yeah. or it's not out there enough to, yeah. for the people who would hate it to hear it. Yeah. Whereas like my game streaming, I get dragged all the time Yeah. Be, because like, you know, that's reaching a slightly, slightly larger audience, yeah. not that much bigger, but larger enough that like, I know what it feels like now to have horrible hate come towards me because of the thing that I'm creating out of passion and love. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I've started to build a thicker skin to and am more comfortable with. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I mean, there's a nice way to drag us. Don't, don't drag us over dumb stuff. Don't, yeah. don't drag us and try and be hateful and like try and kill us or whatever. But like, right. if we do something that we, that is an honest mistake, we will come back. Yeah. And like, and I'm trying to, you know, I wa I watch my language as much as I can, as far as like, uh, I don't. try not to offend people, not oh, like sure. cursing, right. but like trying yeah, not yeah, to yeah. offend people. Like absolutely. I'm trying to be, because yes. in this world, you try to be better. I, that I absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, you know, always looking for ways to improve on that. Um, but I'm also like becoming more okay with being wrong publicly yeah. and being wrong with anything that I say on this podcast and being open because otherwise you, you kind of limit yourself to what you can and can't talk about in mm -hmm. a way that is a little too limiting to have a free conversation. Yeah. Um, so I need to be okay with pissing people off, but I am also very okay with like responding to anything that yeah. pisses people off and like continuing to try to improve how I Well, I don't think you're an asshole or else I wouldn't be on this. Meh. I mean, you do have some tendencies. I know. But I'm kidding to his parents who probably listen to this. But Andy's like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so anyway, th this all this being said, mm -hmm. being, being someone who creates content, um, this episode spoke to me so much mm -hmm. because the way out of this monotonous life where you're on the bike generating electricity yeah. is by... Um, performing and is by yeah. you know, or becoming someone who has a stream yeah like stream 30 minutes yep. twice a week yep for uh for bing that's yeah. the that's daniel kaluuya's character is bing yeah. that's what it comes down we're to getting, at the end. We, yeah we're getting you're yeah. jumping we can far jump ahead. around okay we can okay yeah, yeah yeah well we don't have to but we because can. i do want to go back to the screen time thing sure. because that was way important about like how the room woke him up how how the what came up the room the room woke him up oh sure in the that very beginning all the screen, yeah. like the whole the yes. whole bedroom is just a Screens. pallet on the ground yes. and screen walls yeah you have no personal space none or belongings none because i i'm imagining that 
that they're like on another planet or underground or something where yeah. there is no there are no supplies there are no you get resources. a gray sweat you a gray outfit there's nothing that you could even have if they could make it because there isn't any yep. resources and to that's make it why with. the the merits that you spend on your doppelganger on yes, your avatar your doppel, you spend yeah you spend the money on your on your avatar you put new hair or a new yeah. outfit or a new this a new accessory yes spend merits excuse me merits on those things yeah um which and, is, and that was based after your me on your Nintendo account. Yeah. Which is so funny because you and I both have one. We do. Yeah. We do. Mine's kind of cute. Um, <laughs> and I feel like uh, there was like something something to be said about the first time we see that a commercial is required viewing. And when a commercial comes on, you are required to watch it. And if you try to close your eyes... <laughs> It says something like resume viewing and we'll give you high pitched sounds yes. until you open your eyes. It's and that, forced. And it's you have for, to watch you have it. To, you have to watch the commercials. Yeah. You have to watch this specific propaganda. You have to watch this, you know, thing. There's so much that I love about the details of this because it, well, the first time I saw it, what I thought when it's shown that you have to watch the commercials mm-hmm. is that like the commercials are paid for and not only... Are, is it expected when you buy commercial space in this world where they have nothing? It's it's required that the person watch it. Yeah. So you are literally like force fed this commercial because this other person paid for it out of whatever resources they have, which were gathered by biking. Yeah. You know? It kind of fundamentally changes the entire way the world functions yeah. when currency is is generated by human activity in like a physical way but it's the funny thing is that we're really not that far away from that you know yeah like the what a lot of people have to do to earn money what is is more unpleasant than sitting on a bike and cycling all day yeah absolutely more unpleasant um and the things that like people are are forced to do or how many jobs they're forced to work just to get their families by um is in many ways more dystopian than just sitting on a bike and cycling all day Mm mm-hmm which is which is happening right now, which is crazy. I don't know. This episode really gets you thinking, you know? It does. And you have the people who are just like, who are like pedaling hard to maintain that like fit, whatever fit is. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But then you also have the people who are just lackadaisically running, or lackadaisically. I always put an S there that isn't <laughs> one. But lackadaisically just pedaling just because it's what you're just maintaining the status quo. Because I feel like that is also what that character, that terrible character, uh-huh. he's not fit uh-huh. and he's not plus size. Yeah. He's literally just like straddling a line and just coasting. Yeah. You yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. And. Yeah. And I think that's the danger in that environment is that you stop living. You know, you just become this automaton where all of your needs are met and you can medicate away any of your bad feelings, mm-hmm. which they go into a couple times throughout the episode. Yeah. Uh, and then just exist where you're just a battery. And that you can you can pay for certain services. Like one girl brings up the fact that you can pay for a guru that'll talk to you while you sleep uh-huh. and help you like whisk your problems away. Yeah. And like you can, um, and I'm not seeing this on the Wikipedia. I'm just like, I'm looking at the Wikipedia thinking like, oh, you guys are missing so much. <laughs> um, especially when we meet Abby's character, the character of Abby, right? Mm-hmm. She says, uh, uh, Daniel's character, Bingham, says, I, I'm just now seeing you. Why am I just now seeing you? She says, I just turned 21. So that is the requirement. You have to be, when you turn 21, you get to the bikes. You're yes. assigned a bike. Yeah. She said that she wanted to be something else, but the, it was full. 
and I can't remember what it was. Like, oh, I, we yeah. just watched it, but I was tr- I didn't turn on the caption quick enough to catch yeah. it. Yeah. Like, she says something about air. I tried to do the air something something, Ooh, but it that's was interesting. full. Should we? Should I'm we, gonna. I'm gonna. Let's pause recording and go yeah, check because yeah, yeah. now I want to know. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna pull it up on the on the Netflix real quick. Cool. You're a new person. I'm not seeing you. I just went 21 last week. I wanted to go to Air Down. My air Down. My sister's there, but it was full apparently. Air Down. Air Down. Well, how's that spelled? Is it Air Down? Okay. I wanted to go to Air Down. I wanted to go to Air Down. Oh man, I love this shit. Cause like, what does that mean? And now I just want to know, but. It doesn't matter, and you'll never find out. Maybe, maybe there's like a. Are you recording this? Uh huh. You started already. I did. Yeah, I oh, started so while go, you were searching for the fans. Okay, good. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 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 because because uh, when the the gentleman who had just reached the weight, whatever the rate weight limit was, when they said when Bingham came into the room, the other girl that helped him figure out the trick with the apple, the girl that has a crush on him. Yes. Yeah. Good. Glad you picked that up. Oh yeah. Um. When she saw that Bingham was looking for him, she said he went to, he went to twenty two down, so twenty two oh. down is something too. Um, let us see what. Interesting. Air yeah. down and air down. down. She said, "I tried Maybe to go. Like I wanted to go air levels? down with my sister, but it was full apparently." Yeah. Maybe air down is like the top level where you can see the air, and then twenty two down is like. Down into the Earth's crust, twenty-two earth, levels. Because they show they show a wide shot at one point of just all the these whole, hallways of yep, bikes, yep. and it's just like levels. a massive structure. It looks like a the inside of a Borg cube where people are just cycling. Um, which reminds me, okay, I, I, one of the things I loved about this episode is that there's a part of me that was attracted to the life that they were living. Who, really? Yes. That what, that felt like, oh my God, look at all these cool machines and toys and technologies they can play with. And yes, it seems nightmarish. Yeah. But like, if I were living on a spaceship and I was forced into small environment like this, uh, or like if I lived on the Starship Enterprise, um, it would be cool to have these some of these technologies that they have. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and on top of that. I love wearing sweatpants and everyone looks so comfy. <laughs> so real. And then there's also this um this thing that I think you might relate to because okay. you are you know the dystopian fiction nerd. It's true. Something about being stuck in a bad situation with a group of people and then having to like exist together yeah. in this confined space. Yeah attracts me yeah and i i that's something that i don't know how to and, describe and it's because when he f- when he and when he first saw her getting that first glimpse of hope yeah because he's so used to the humdrum day in day out of what the society what the world calls of him right and he finally sees something that's like wait what yeah and i love that like the story turns on her singing to, and him overhearing her singing in the bathroom because it's like something real you know he keeps talking about how nothing is real anymore everything is manufactured and then uh whenever you see real you bottle it send and then sell it yeah um so seeing something real in the wild which is this beautiful woman singing a beautiful song that totally inspires him just changes his life because he there's nothing like that to experience you know like you and i can walk outside and or like go to Gasworks Park and be like, wow, this is an incredible place. Or go yeah. out in the woods and be yeah. like, man, nature's incredible. Nature's so good. Yeah. Or, you know, choose what we want to watch, when we want to watch it, and be blown away by this episode and appreciate that. Yeah. But 
But if we had to watch Black Mirror all day, every day, and that's all we could watch, we would fucking hate it. We would. And pretty, pretty, pretty soon too, you yeah. know, <laughs> whereas like right now. Because that's the thing too, in order, you had to watch it, you had to watch whatever they gave you, or if you had enough merits, you could turn you it. You could skip it. And if you right. skipped it, it was like, you will incur a penalty. Right. So then you could skip it and be like, oh, great. So then they take like 2,500 merits off because you skipped the right. feed. Right. And oh man, another thing that I loved about the storytelling was that when he gave his merits away to to Abby so she could join this, you know, Hot Shots yeah. singing competition, um, then he like didn't have enough left to skip anymore. Yeah. And he skipped once right after doing that and yep. it went down from like 9,000 to 8,000 or something. Yep. And you're like, oh, buddy, you got to learn how to budget because you, you don't have 15 million no, merits anymore. Not. And that comes into play yeah. <laughs> and with, you know, devastating results later on in the episode, which was such good storytelling, you know, like building to that moment where he shatters the glass, yeah. which we'll get to, but yeah. fuck, it's so good. Um, I had a, I uh, found some trivia. Yeah. Although this is the second in the running order, this was the first episode to be written. Oh, see, that makes me feel better because mm-hmm. I'm like, why is this how you started your show with yeah, the, yeah. the pig fucking prime minister? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't like it. This is definitely more. Yeah. And this is like... This episode, I would say, is the true style of what Black Mirror is. There are a couple yeah. episodes later down the line that I, I'm like, Meh, I could do without. And I would love to hear your opinions on when we get to those ones. And I'm like, ugh. Yeah. But this is like Black Mirror in its essence. Yeah. I've only seen like four episodes as of right now. But the, but the first two that I saw, I just loved. Um, and then this one, when I watched it, I'm like, holy shit, yeah. that's the best thing ever. Yeah. Um, and you know, this, this episode is why, and this episode and the ones like it is why I, I wanted to do this show on a space nerds podcast. Cause like I just changed the name to space nerds and then started black mirror, which I know might be weird because <laughs> it's not a show that's always in space. In space. Yeah. It is sometimes. There's but, a couple of space episodes. But I feel like the way that, that black mirror inter, inter, uh, examines our interaction with technology. Yep is something that I think would be interesting Very to space sci-fi. nerds. Yeah. yeah, because uh because it is kind of like what it would be in space or you know or or just like looking forward to the future when we uh or if technology sustains us the way it would if you lived in space. Mm-hmm. Like these are things we have to think about. Like how how do we exist in a confined environment? How do we produce electricity when there's none to be had? You know? Yeah. I I think this stuff is fascinating and I hope other people are into it. Yeah. Okay, so we discussed the screen time. We discussed riding the bikes. We discussed um, fat shaming. Yes, um, we discussed meeting Abby. Meeting Abby. So okay, so he met her by he was washing his he had just used the bathroom. He's washing his hands. He hears her singing in the bathroom. Yeah, and he goes, "Ooh, that voice sounds good." Now, comparatively, we have the main um, rocker chick who won Hot Shots. In the very beginning. In the very beginning. Yeah. And our hot shot, sorry. But we don't know. I can't remember her name. Uh, and she was okay. And she was singing the ABBA song. I had a dream, a song to sing. Uh-huh. To help me through. And she was okay, but she was gorgeous. Yeah. Um, And so he f- hears this voice and he's like, oh, you're really good. And thinks that he can mm. put her on hot shots. As compared to the one that we heard in the beginning. Uh-huh. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That's interesting. And so when he sends, he says, oh, I'll give you the merits. You should actually go. She's like, how do you have those merits lying around? He's donating the merits to her based on the, his brother that passed away. Mm-hmm. He inherited his brother's merits. Right. 
I have questions about like what does that how does that work what does that mean what happened to the brother blah 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 blah. but I mean I don't know if we'll ever have those questions answered in real life yeah but yeah it is interesting that you can will your merits yeah yeah I think that is kind of because they treat this imaginary currency as if it were holy you know mm -hmm. because it represents a real world thing which is electricity and they all need electricity so it kind of makes the Does current... It, I don't know if the merits represent electricity. Well, I think they represent how much electricity you have generated by, oh, by cycling. Okay. So, like, if you bike for an hour and you create 100 watts, I have no idea if that's... Yeah, accurate. yeah, whatever. And then you the earn 100 merits. Rate. Yeah, yeah. Or, or whatever it is. But it's interesting because, like, our society functions on currency, which is just, you know, either numbers in a computer or paper that we made up um, like we made up currency. Oh, absolutely. Um, so I, I love that this is another form of currency because it's also like an exploration of capitalism mm -hmm. and what people are willing to do for money, what people are willing to do to, to break out of their everyday existence and do something that they love with their lives yeah. or at least something, you know, that's looked at as popular yeah. or, you know, kind of or better or than. better. Yeah, exactly. Or revered in some way. Um, yeah, where it, but then like the story revolves around people selling their soul basically to propagate this system because they're given opportunity to um to get off the bike, if yeah. you will. Literally. Yeah. They were like, uh anytime that they were making an offer to someone on hot shot, they would say, Beats the bike. Yeah, don't you want off do the you, bike? Do you want to get back on the bike or not? Like you that know what I mean? That was, without a doubt, the most unquestionably. Oh wow. <sighs> greatest thing i've heard on this stage oh that's wonderful <laughs> so many a whole nation is offended <laughs> i just love that character and he's that incredible was judge they, uh, they thought judge that he, hope they thought that judge hope was simon cowell yeah i thought wraith is more simon cowell than judge hope oh really do you know what i mean like that that cut through that cutthroat no nonsense yeah i guess in a way you got more simon cowell when abby started waffling on whether or not she wanted so okay right. So anyway, hold on. <laughs> Bingham gives Abby 15 million merits to go on the Hot Shot show. Yes. On her way up there, they choose her. They're just like, yeah, we like her. She wants to be as big as whoever that girl's name is. Yeah. And she goes on stage. They hand her a, a, a apple juice box called Compliance. Right. That's what it says on the box. They refer to it as compliance, compliance. but it's named compliance. And it's kind of like a drug. Yes. I don't know what it does because she went, she felt it immediately. And like, yeah. and I don't think it like emboldened her. No. She went out and, uh, and, and started singing yeah. still very timidly. That's why I don't think that the drug helped. I think that what they say the drug is for is a lie. It is actually to make you compliant. I think that's why they call it compliance. Uh, so that you can Make go, you say yes. you'll say yes. Yeah. To whatever the judges offer you, you'll yeah. say yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the way that they've like encapsulated this system of control is so brilliant. Yeah. Uh, because no matter what happens on that stage, which is proved at the end, the judges have a way to kind of take it and, yeah. and, and sell it. <laughs> yeah. Which is amazing. I mean, you know, there's no way out of this like system of control that they've built. And it's, and that's, I felt like, Okay, so Abby goes on. She sings, she sings very mediocrely. 
I made up a word. It's yeah. fine. I think, she, I think she sounds great. I think this is an interesting point, too, because I watched this with Andy, who is a singer, a professional singer. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, your friend as well. Yes. And you are a professional singer. You I type. am. Sometimes you are professional singers together. Sometimes um, we do it together. Sometimes we do it apart. Yeah. <laughs> And you both had the same reaction to her singing, which is, yeah, that's okay. She's cute. And to me, I'm like, oh, she has this like raw, untrained beauty that I find really compelling. That's great. She didn't have the X Factor. She had no star power. She had nothing that could grab you to ha- to listen to her. And she was timid. Sure. And to me, I think I see her the way that the ep- the episode is portraying Bing as yeah, seeing her as yeah, like, yeah. she's so adorable and doing she, something and so real, real and genuine. And human yeah. and she's so docile. And I think that if she were a better singer, it wouldn't come across that way. That's true. So I so I loved that choice for yeah. the episode. I thought that her singing skill was the exact amount it needed to be to tell the story. But what's interesting is that the raw, the same raw talent was exhibited in a very higher quality with the very first girl that won Hot Shot. Uh-huh. If you will, because they played the "I Have a Dream" and she sang. She's albeit she didn't like do any riffs or runs or any ornamentation, but she sang it pretty fairly well. Like yeah. to where I go, like oh, she's a good singer. Yeah, this girl was like oh, you know, karaoke, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, no shade to karaoke, I do it too. But I mean, like, is she? Did she have the star power to win American Idol? I mean, Hot Shot. Yeah, I mean, I hate those shows i don't watch those shows yeah i said i, I said that on purpose yeah I, I, that wasn't a mistake i you know no judgment if anyone likes american idol it's or a terrible show. or the voice or any of those things but like as i mean i'm also a singer but not necessarily a professional singer like i make music and release it yeah and sometimes people buy it so i guess i'm a professional singer that's true <laughs> but uh i've never been trained i just try to sound as good as i can that's great with varied results uh but yeah so like as someone who sometimes sings and sometimes in public I, the idea of putting yourself up on this stage with your dream in your hand and then being made fun of um, immediately to entertain other people yeah. is just the meanest thing. So I, just the idea that these shows all revolve around laughing at other people, yeah. has I've just never enjoyed it. I've always said that the purest season of American Idol was the, was Kelly Clarkson's, the first season. Yeah. It came out, we got some... Like I'll put in air quotes because y'all can't see me. Funny takes of people not knowing how to sing but feeling like they were the biggest stars in the world. And then you had one badass bitch who reigns supreme <laughs> and can still blow to this day. Like yeah. has one of the better voices in our generation. Um, I will say uh, she's amazing. And it was a purest season. And then all of a sudden they realized, oh snap we can make money off the William Hungs and we can make mm-hmm. money off the people who are dead set on saying that they're good, especially ones who have an attitude or want to fight the judges, black people. It's like this, I have such a, don't, I'm going down a rabbit hole. We can, we can absolutely stop this. I'm no, 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 stop. I'm interested. But like American Idol, like the exploitation hmm. of communities, especially like black people who go in and like they sing may they may sing terribly but then the expectation of like the no i know i can sing simon and you just full of shit and like that that whole trumped up anger yeah <laughs> that continue uh continues stereotypes and mm-hmm. and archetypes and tropes and things like that right uh i have never been and also like i've auditioned for american idol and i've seen like the 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 meat grinder that is those type of auditions and what they make you believe is happening when they do these auditions. And like, I, I am so not, so hotshot hits 
close to home very close to home and the yeah. fact that like the first thing that they go out she's so beautiful and she goes out and she starts to sing and Rafe says I want to see them titties yeah I think you should just lift up your shirt that is America you know I mean I know this is a British sci-fi yeah. show but that is America it's real yeah yeah and it's also so disturbing because yeah. they've given her this compliance drug and then just start objectifying her. Yeah. And there's a woman on stage also, Judge Charity. And that's what I was going to... Who is remember, also partaking in the objectification. Do you... But then she has that tear. Do you see that? Yes, I, the tear. I, did you see, like, when I said, like, mm, when we were watching it upstairs, uh-huh, uh-huh. it's because I wanted to ask, like, what do you think is actually going on through her mind? Oh, I think she's devastated that she just did this to another woman. Yeah. And she had to. And you can see, like, her tight, her lips go, like, yeah. tight. Oh, my God, that performance is great. It's so great. All three of the judges, the performances are insane. Yeah. I mean, just Judge Hope, or, or yeah, is that his name? Yep. Judge Hope, Hope Charity, Hope Charity, and, and Wrath. Wraith. <laughs> Wrath, yeah. Um, Judge Hope in his Australian accent and yeah. his sunglasses and, and his Simon Cowell, his Simon Cowell impression. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, really cracks me up. Like yeah. he's always got that lip curled. You know. Yeah. <laughs> he's so fucking funny. Oh, and then, terrible. but his speech at the end of the episode, uh, you know, is really emotional in this weird way. Where he's saying, like, I get it. Like, we all, even I feel this way sometimes. Yeah. Um, He's just amazing. But then Judge Wraith is so creepy. Disgustingly creepy. So here's a little bit about me, too. If this is the first episode y'all have ever listened to and you don't know who Alexandria is, it's fine. Let me tell you. I already am going to have an issue with any black person in a villain role. Uh I immediately have like a distaste for it. Right. But this man plays the hell out of this He does. He does. (laughs) I hate him immediately. Yeah. And like, even when, even when like something is, when uh, Baby Girl was singing and it was good and it was like good. Yeah. He was just the bored, the most bored. Right. You could see like, even just like, he reminded me of, um, like a, an interesting like Jason Derulo. I know that that's not who he really looks like, but it reminds me a little bit of like, there's another, no, it's Jay Farrow. Jay Farrell, the comedian, and mm. this actor, Ashley, I looked up his name, Ashley yeah. something, um, who is actually like an artist in his own right. Oh, cool. Uh, they look so much alike to me, it's ridiculous. And just the complete boredom on his face, just the complete like, no, unless you show me titties, like, I don't care, I'm not here for that. Yeah, he's like, unless I'm seeing boobs, yeah. I'm bored. Yeah. It, like Even if, if the second time they go to Hot Shot when Bing is dancing, yeah. he's got that same bored look. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, the performances are are kind of hysterical, but also like really disturbing. Yeah. Like Charity and her tight lipped and her face of like, like they have a woman on the panel because they have a woman on the panel. Yeah. But she lets the men just do what they want. Yeah. Like she had, she could say nothing. She was just like, Girl, you either take this, go with Wraith, because you were just okay. So you either go with Wraith or you go back to the bike. And she's like, yeah, even even some girls would watch that, I'm sure. Yeah. Where she's kind of riding that line of like... Yeah. Par- she is par- actively participating, but you can tell that it's not necessarily willing participant. Yeah. Which is such a good detail. Yeah. Speaking of detail, this this scene, the hot sh- the hot shot scene, has one of my favorite details of the whole episode. The audience. Yes, the audience. Yes. Oh my yes. God. When you realize that the audience is are the real live doppels of the people watching from their rooms because they have to yeah because they have to watch it they have to watch yeah they have to watch um i thought that was a stroke of genius i want to know what you think about or my my like super nerdy question is like who gets to yell out loud in the audience so like a couple times there's like oh get off the stage right if you're in your room 
How do you get to be the person whose voice is heard? Uh, my impression was that it was everyone's. As if you were actually in a crowd and one person yells out in a quiet moment, you'll okay. hear them. You okay. Know? Yeah. Okay. Um, there was, there was, this is reminding me of so many little details that I adored that I just want to list off for a second. Yeah. Uh, the, the redhead who had no rhythm. Oh my God. The redhead <laughs> is so good. Yeah. Uh, the toothpaste thing where yeah. you pay for the toothpaste by the merit. Yep. And the longer you like squeeze, squeeze. your finger. Um, all the hand gestures with how you interacted with the screens yep. around you. If you swipe, if you like swiped or like said no if you were to shoo do mm-hmm. a shooing hand motion i'm trying mm-hmm. to describe it for the for the podcast that would be like no go away but right. if you did like the come here motion with your hand palm yeah. up that is saying yes that's agreeing to something on the screen yeah so like to d- decide something you'll swipe 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 say no 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 shoo 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 but when you want to say something when you're saying yes to a thing you say the come use the come sound sign. yeah come, come here yeah sign. i love that all of the the user interfaces were super simple yep. and had only the choices that were options, yep. you know, like there's only two choices at a time yep. and that's why it works to have like the come here or go away hand yep. motions because the interfaces are so simple that it makes sense visually that it would work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not far, it's not far away from technology that exists at all. I think that all the technology that we saw probably does exist right now. Yeah. Like we could do almost everything they did in this episode now. including get kinetic energy from human beings off of bicycles we can very true they've talked about putting like uh like a kinetic energy um like absorbing device under train stations have you have you seen power it there's a viral marketing video for a water called contracts i think contracts water um and it's women getting on a bike, getting on these pink bikes, and one woman is like pedaling, and then like it lights up an LED string all the way up to a building. More women start to join her, and the light, the LED light lights up a man who starts to strip. <laughs> so then more women are jumping on these bikes now, <laughs> yeah. and they're all pedaling fast because he's da- the LED like thing is dancing and like taking off his shirt, taking off <sighs> pants, da da da, and you can see the women going like. Whoa! like while they're pedaling yeah and then at the very end of the it's a, it was a commercial at the very end of the commercial the led like goes behind it like a wall or a corner put and like hands out his shorts as if he's <laughs> about to come back out yeah so everyone's pedaling everyone's pedaling he comes back out and he has a sign in front of his genitals and the sign says you have spent two thousand calories <laughs> wow so we have that technology. <laughs> and honestly, but we're just using it to make stripping LEDs. Well, if I had a way to um, capture electricity from biking, like if I had a home bike and I could power my blender off of it, I'd be into that. Or you have to like, that's the only way you could charge your switch. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he said, no, no, too real. No. Don't put that on a dock. I need to play that more. Yeah. But what if, like, what if you had a one-to-one, like, the switch is turned on if you're cycling? Woo. It wouldn't work that way. You'd need, I, like... I will say that when I first started watching Scandal, uh-huh. the only way I allowed myself to watch Scandal was on an exercise machine at the job that I was working at the time. Nice. Yeah, I used to live in an apartment that had a little gym in it. I used to watch the new adventures of old Christine while running on the treadmill. But also, I don't like biking and not going anywhere. I'm so amazed I didn't bike. get made fun of for watching the new adventures of old Christine. <laughs> It's probably because I don't know the show. Okay. I figured it's something white. Well, <laughs> it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. <laughs> oh, great. Who I love. Cool. Um, I only saw like 
10 or 20 episodes of it though i only watched it at the gym only 10 or but, 20 episodes but i was always hoping it would be on you know okay anyway um <laughs> i'm not i'm not making fun of you because i don't know the show it's probably good wraith babes wraith so, babes so judge wraith offers abby a position as a wraith babe which so, is basically a porn star yeah so i guess each of, of the judges has a specific they have a channel. A channel. We yeah. have speech that we learned about at the end. Right, which is Judge Hope. Judge Hope, Judge Charity is music. Okay, I missed that. That's I'm cool. going to just assume because she's the only one. Do you know what I mean? Oh, for the um, singer. Yeah, for oh, okay. the singer. Yeah, Unless yeah, yeah. Hope is also that, and Charity's literally just there because she's a woman. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm assuming that the music is hers, and then porn right. is the black villain. And yeah. um, Wraith, Judge Wraith. Yeah. I affectionately call it Charity, Hope, and Wrath. Yeah. Um, so, Wraith Babes. So, while Abby is singing, they're like, you're okay, but you would be better suited. Like, I, we can give you good, we can give you drugs to deal with all the shame. You can just come and work for me. I'll take good care of you. Yeah. It beats being on the bike. What's the price? Like, like basically, like, what's the price of your soul? What's the price right. of your morals, if totally. you will? And so, she's like like crying and trying to figure out if she wants to do it or not. And Simon Cowell says, you are sitting there waffling and there are people powering this show right now on bikes. How dare you stand there when other people are working for you. And then like makes the audience get an uproar. Yes. Um, That's also the moment where it's confirmed to the audience exactly how this system works. Yeah. The biking we're seeing is powering this event Mm -hmm. and like storing up power to power their entire lives. Like that's the moment where it is explicitly spelled out. Yeah. Which is like halfway through the episode. Yep. But you've probably guessed it by then. Maybe. But you don't really know like why they're biking, but, Except for, yeah. except maybe to stay fit to not be in janitorial services or be made fun of on that reality show. Yeah, maybe, yeah. But even then, is being on blobber guts better than being on the bike or being in janitorial services? You're yeah. being made fun of, you're being demeaned, you're being degraded, but you're famous. I'll bet you that they, those people are treated horribly. I'll bet you they don't get the swanky oh, apartments and yeah. everything. I'll bet, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's really disturbing. Okay. Um, yeah. Way to so, bum me out. Thanks. S- sorry. I just, I was just <laughs> trying to figure out if there was any way out. Do you know what I mean? Is it yeah. is the only way out? Yeah. Fit I, and fame. Yeah. I, I think that this is a system in which there is no way out for 90% of the people. Yeah. Uh, where this is like, it's almost like they're being tricked into being slaves yeah. and they don't even know they're slaves, mm-hmm. but they are. So Abby goes on and she immediately or she uh, uh, eventually accepts Wraith's offer, yeah. becomes a Wraith babe. And um, and then they exploit the fact that she was a reality, like a reality star. So they make versions of these porn videos based on her like winning hot shot, if you winning in quotes, hot shot. So it's like, oh, the newest hot shot is now a Wraith babe. Da, 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 da. And she's like, I just want to be as big as whatever the girl's name is. I use that right. that sound bite. And then they like start this video and then poor Bingham is watching in his room and it tries to close his eyes and the resume viewing happens because he doesn't have enough merit. Oh no, because he's required to watch it. This is not even like having enough merits to to turn it away to shoo it away he has to watch it right yeah he 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 doesn't have enough merits, merits to skip so to skip, he so and closes he can't his close eyes, his eyes and then the beeping starts yep. and like it and so he ends up having to watch eyes. it yeah. and then he starts like slamming his body up against the screens in his room yeah and that's when we see a shard of glass fall yeah um 
and we also learned that he saved the empty canister of compliance right from right and you're like why did he keep that is it like a keepsake yeah but then you realize later that he's like concocted this whole wild whole plan plan. around this glass and Mm -hmm. this compliance Mm -hmm. we're like what is this plan he has a shard of glass and an empty box of compliance yeah he immediately decides to start gaining merits yeah so he's he gets on the bike he doesn't buy food because that's another thing with merits you have to use the vending machines in order to buy food right and all the food looks like it's manufactured not grown yep love it and it's like opening a bag of chips and an apples on the inside yeah and they actually he actually says something about it too in the beginning of the episode to abby he says if you eat the sugary stuff it's cost less but you're going to end up having to work it off harder it's going to work off harder yeah so they opted for like water and apples or water and a banana or whatever (laughs) um so instead of like buying food he waits until someone's about to throw away uneaten food and he sits down and like gorges on it and then he just rides that bike until he reaches 15 million merits again he builds up his own set of 50 million merits and buys an entry to hotshot yeah and they do that amazing um uh montage of him like barely using any of the toothpaste like squeezing out one merits worth of toothpaste at a time and kind of like you know, constraining all of his resources mm-hmm. to make sure that he could build up this 15 million and like as bloodshot fast as eyes where he can't, cause he yeah. can't <laughs> chew away. And he's also working out a dance routine He is, and it's such an interesting juxtaposition yep. of him like dancing. Like, yep. Isn't he upset? Yep. I love it. It's like the, the most angry dancing you've ever seen. In yeah, your life. <laughs> it's so good. And I mean, his performance all throughout the whole episode is really astonishingly good. So good. Yeah. All, all coming down to him going back to hot shots. Yep. So he goes back up. And the only reason he gets a chance yes. is because the guy goes, what, Nick? Oh, oh yeah. ethnic. Yeah. And then chooses him out of the sea of white faces. Exactly. To go to get his shot at hot shot. Yeah. And and he and they say, give me a, a one liner thing. He goes, I'm an entertainer. Yeah. I I loved that detail. Yeah. Um I it's like, let's just show everything that's wrong with society. Yeah. You know? When you focus this when you take our capitalist society and you focus it down and like put it in a little box like is done in this episode, you can really see how shitty it is. Yeah. And like everything that's wrong. And that was another moment where it's like, yeah, they just, they're telling us everything we're doing wrong yep. here. And it's really brilliant. He goes on stage. The girl says, oh, here's compliance. And he, that's when we see he produces the empty compliance things that's already drank it. And then drops the empty package, goes on completely sober. And he says, uh, like, says he's working on a routine. I don't know how he does <laughs> yeah. it. And then they're like, do it. And he starts music. And it's a decent routine. Yeah. It's solid. His, his dancing. He was the, the angry, the angry dancing. You yeah. know, um, Judge Rafe is bored. <laughs> yeah, Judge Charity's into it. Charity's into it because he's fine. Yeah, and and Hope is like, eh, okay, cool. Yeah, everybody in the audience is like here for it. You see, redhead clap off beat. <laughs> um, you see, baby mama that has a crush on him look real cute. Yeah, and you see the man go like, oh, I've seen him on the bikes, cool, like yeah. his little bike neighbor. The girl that has a crush on being like. Like, gets herself more comfortable, throws her hair yeah, back. Yeah, you can yeah, tell like, how into I'm, it she is. Like, getting herself ready for her man. Yeah. Um, and then in the middle of the dance routine, he stops, produces a shard of glass, holds it to his carotid artery, and says... If you come any closer, you're, you're killing me, or yeah, something like that. To yeah. keep the stage managers away from him. Yep. And then they say, he says, do you have something to say? 
And then he just rattles off about how society is terrible, how this yeah. is terrible, how dare you do this to us. How we're drones we're, and there's nothing real and beautiful. Yep. And you took the one real beautiful thing and made it terrible and, and yeah. you perverted it. And yeah. and you were, you're making us bike for merits to spend on our doppels. Like, what is that? It's not even, it's just stuff. It's not yeah. even real. Um, and at the end of it, he's done. And he's pouring sweat. And he's like screaming. He's screaming, fuck you over yeah, and over. And like nose is running, dripping sweat. And Judge Hope is like, that is the best thing I've ever seen on Hot Shot. <laughs> that was like the most, what did you say? The most honest? Something. Um, something that we've ever seen on this stage. Like the most like, like honest-ish. Basically, I, was, I don't remember the like word he used. Something, but basically saying that that was all a performance as well. And saying, well, not all a performance, yeah. but it can be. He's like, how about yeah. I give you, how about I give you your freedom? Yeah. You can have two streams, 30 minutes twice a week on my, on my channel. And you can say what you want to say. Yeah. And, and, and Charity goes, beats the bike. Yeah. The, what I love about this scene is that he's not saying, you know, he's not saying I'm going to turn you into a commodity. He's saying, I'm going to give you everything you've ever wanted. And and be able to bring this message to the public twice a week, but by accepting that he is turning himself into Absolutely. a commodity. Oh, I don't, and I don't know. I thought immediately it's him selling his soul. I yeah. thought Hope was saying totally become the become this entertain me twice a week. Right, he is selling his soul. For Do you know sure. what I mean? Oh, and like, absolutely. So it's not. I I don't. I basically saying I disagree with what you just said. Oh, okay. Because I think that Hope was not saying. He wasn't I just genuine. meant like with his literal words. Oh, you know, I see. Okay, I, okay. I, I think we're agreeing that Hope is doing this to manipulate the situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to keep control over the masses. Absolutely. Yeah. Because ultimately, Bingham gets freedom for it himself. Right. But for no one else. Not even for right. Abby. He gets this giant room uh-huh. where he lives alone. Like an apartment. Yeah. And he has this special case that he keeps his glass shard in. Yep. And he has this wooden penguin, which That's, kind of calls back to the digital penguin that gives the gift to Abby earlier And like, in the also, Abby made him an origami penguin as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this huge space. And he looks out over this vast forest. Yeah. This beautiful vista, which I feel pretty confident is a simulation. Screens? I, screens yeah. yeah i don't think it's actually outside um and that's actually there's a question as to whether or not it is outside yeah and the writers have left that ambiguous on purpose yeah but to me it kind of it looked like screens to me yeah i think it's screens and i think that it epitomizes the themes of the episode for it to be screens where having the biggest screen that looks like you're outside yeah. is the is the is the ultimate in goal. status yeah um, because and he, also because, because he, I think the world is destroyed. I don't think there is a world to look out on. I yeah. think that's why they live in this society. I also think that, well, he has also more uh, uh, privileges because yeah. his, his set is the same kind of bunker that he was in. And then he could leave the set and be in this expansive apartment of white furniture, yeah. pour himself a glass of orange juice, which we never, right. we only see canned right, drinks. Right, right. We never see like all this opulence. Yeah, there's yeah. just something about set like he got out. Yeah, and and that no one on the bikes feels a sort of way about being mani- like manipulated. Like, can you see that no one on the bikes thought like, oh, he th- thought he was making a difference. Yeah. Instead, he just became a sellout, or he just got fame. They just they took it as a performance. Yeah. They didn't take it as like he was trying to free us because you saw a redhead right. bought an accessory of a glass shard for his doppel. For his doppel. Oh, so good. Yeah. It's so good. It's such a brilliant like takedown of capitalism. And it also kind of, you know, 
for someone like me who I am a live streamer, you know, like I, <laughs> he's talking about getting it like a two 30 minute streams once a week. Like that's all he has to do. That's his whole ever. life. And there's a part of live streaming for everyone who's ever live streamed, um, who has made any money at it is, has said to themselves, Oh, I would do this for money mm-hmm. for sure. You mm-hmm. know, like if, if I could make a full-time living off of this, I would do it. And there's a lot of live streamers out there who could live off of 30 minutes twice a week and make more money than I've ever seen. Um, I'm definitely not one of those live streamers. You know, I'm someone who's barely, uh, breaking even each month for how much it costs to live stream yeah just to have like the fast internet and all that like I'm, yeah. I'm just about breaking even on my monthly subscriptions at this point but only if i get a couple donations coming in yeah too. um so i'm doing it for the passion and the love of it because yeah. i it's really fun and i i love being able to connect with people outside of my apartment from from in this little room that we're in which mm-hmm. is why i related to these people in their boxes like yeah. being part of this event that they're kind of projecting their doppels to yep. but aren't actually at yeah um and there's a big part of me that would want what bing is being offered you know he's being given the biggest platform to say whatever he wants to say twice a week and i think is it whatever he wants to say well because we see that it's basically a reiteration yeah. of his threatening speech. Right. And then he goes, it's over until the end of the world or until next week. Right. So he's been like trained maybe. He's been commercialized. He yeah. And I'll bet that he'll be fired if he, if he actually rustles up any resistance. Yeah. So it's almost like they're taking the, what could have been a voice of resistance mm-hmm. and turning it into another uh, piece of propaganda to keep their power. But here's, I think this is my central question in this episode Whoever's in power, are they doing the right thing? Let's say that Mm. this is a post-apocalyptic society. Let's say that the earth is a barren wasteland and they're living underground, which I think is the most likely scenario Mm -hmm. for what we see in the episode. That's my guess as to what they're doing. Either that or they're in like some giant space arc or something like that where not everyone can get to the windows. But I think like the earth is ravaged and ruined. Yeah. So this is... uh, a way that someone devised to keep the human race alive and functional and as happy as possible in the situation. Yeah. Is it right or wrong to put people in the situation they're in in this story? I think that's what makes it dystopian, right? Uh, it, first of all, I would say it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Like you want to immediately go, no, it's wrong. You're forcing people to be on bikes, especially making fun of a plus size community. You are... Um, requiring that they do this thing. It's like dystopian fiction is all about saying, oh, the world has gone to shit. What if we make everyone do this thing? The world will be better. And instead, the world is terrible yeah. because everyone's doing that one thing. Yeah. Like the reason why I started loving dystopian fiction was based on the short story Harrison Bergeron, where they said, we're going to make everyone equal. So in order to make everyone equal, it means beautiful people had to wear ugly masks. Huh. Smart people had... Um, uh, ocular in, inner ear. Oh my god, that's terrifying. Smart people had inner ear things that, like, whenever they had a smart thought, would blast them with oh a sound, god. and it would clear their yeah, it would clear their minds. That and they sound would, was Miles coughing, but it was well timed. Definitely, made me jump. thank you, Miles. Excuse you. Um, and and then and then like it would create that whole like everyone is balanced. Dancers who were really good were weighed down with saddlebags. Wow. And if you're a beautiful dancer, then you had an ugly mask and saddlebags. Wow. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm with you, yeah. And so Harrison Bergeron, I'm about to ruin the story if y'all um, have never read it, but also go read it. Um, Harrison, I think, the, I think the character is Harrison Bergeron who goes and like crashes the ballet and like he, and 
rips the mask off this beautiful dancer, rips the saddlebags off this beautiful dancer, and they're and he like questions society and they dance and they have this beautiful moment where they're like dancing and like dancing so lightly because she had had saddlebags on for years and they like dance to the ceiling and then like the society comes in and shoots them wow and harrison's parents or grandparents who raised him are watching it on the tv and uh grandma starts crying i think it's grandma starts crying but then a sound goes off in her ear and so she forgets why she was crying oh my god (laughs) Wow. And it's like the comment on like, this is what happens when you try to make everyone equal. Yeah. You're going to end up ruining something. Right. In, in, in the process. So you want to say like, yeah, it's wrong. But then you also want to like say, well, we need electricity. Like how are we going to get it? The, well, yeah. Like what's another way of doing it in that situation? Yeah. You know? I, and I don't have the answer to that. I even yeah. have more questions. Like how do yeah. you work for hot shots? That's what I asked right. when we were upstairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do the work? I mean, the workers are white too. So I wonder if that's a comment on anything. Right. But like the workers who are just backstage, the stage manager, the girl who hands compliance. Uh-huh. Who, how do they get there? Who are they? Yeah. Yeah, I think that it kind of, for me, it kind of goes to the fact about humanity that a lot of people don't want to make their own decisions and don't want to think for themselves and Mm -hmm. want to be led and want to be told what to do and want to have a comfortable, uh, happy existence without questioning it. And if you're in a life or death scenario, a lot of those people are going to die if, you know, if they're faced with a post-apocalyptic world. Um, I think like The Walking Dead is a good example of this where in the early years of the walking dead people either died or became you know intensely dangerous warriors um so like what's better to like in in the post-apocalypse to let part of the part of humanity die or to try to preserve as much as possible but make them sort of unwitting slaves you yeah. know um yeah i don't have these answers you yeah. know but it's something that i think about because like what is going to happen to our society if our earth changes enough. Like technology is probably going to encroach on our everyday existence in ways that it doesn't already. Oh, you mean Alexa? Yeah. Or just like, you know, like they're talking about doing implants. Oh, where you, yeah. You know, like the augmented reality. Yeah. Um, AR. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All that like type of stuff where on one hand, like, I don't know, I might be interested, you know, but on the other hand, it's like some, you're giving someone a way to hack your mind or a way to... I'm not here for it. I'm not with the shits. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's worth it, you know? I'm not here for it. But in a way, we're all kind of doing that by being on YouTube and Google where we're getting all these ads fed to us based off of our internet searches. It's true. That I you try can't to use Safari skip. for that reason. I try to use like a private browser when mm, I'm going to go that's on. That's a good idea. Because there are sites that... The sites that I know now do those ads and they'll say like, we try to do this for personalized ads and I'll just go to Safari because Safari automatically blocks those kind of cookies. I don't know if you know that. Um, so like Safari has been... So yeah. like you have to see the cookie policy and like add it. But I go into private browsing on Safari if I'm ever going on sites like Fashion Nova. Shout out to y'all. Y'all are the, those people. And like things that like are, will connect to your Facebook and show you th- while you're scrolling Facebook ads for things that you have searched on the internet will come up. Yeah. And it's just like. Yeah, totally. I mean, Facebook, I stopped using Facebook as much because it, there was so many ads on it mm-hmm. and it was really bothering me. And like when I'm scrolling through Instagram and I'm looking at my friend's pictures, I almost feel like I have to look to see if it's an ad before I look at the picture because mm-hmm. I don't want to engage mm-hmm. and I don't want to be like, what the fuck is it? Oh my God, it's a fucking ad. Yeah. You know, it's like, what did my friend do? Oh my, it's not even, not what no. I know. This no. is not why I'm here. This is not what I wanted to yeah. see. So yeah, that's, it's troubling 
It's troubling. And like I, I stream on YouTube and yet YouTube feeds me ads I don't want to see. Yeah. And all of these like polls paid for by Donald J. Trump that he's put on YouTube. Who? And now by Joe Biden too. And I'm like, no, Who? don't do not do it. Everyone get out. Um, yeah. Like, and I mean, it's been proven now that, you know, political power can be bought and paid for with ads mm-hmm. and running propaganda mm-hmm. ads and like where do we go from here as a society how yeah. do we deal with that as a systematic problem how do we filter what our children are seeing and how much time they get on the screens like Jeez. these are the questions of right now that we have to ask mm-hmm. and i think that this episode should be required viewing for anyone who's thinking about those things yeah because it really gets your mind going about what's right and what's wrong and balanced against the benefit that this technology is providing I just think it's fucking fascinating. Yeah. So interested. Yeah. It's a brilliant episode. Daniel yeah. Kaluuya. <laughs> so I mean, hot. not just fine, but like some amazing, amazing acting. Oh, the acting. acting. Yeah, totally. Just, I don't think that there's a character that I could throw away on that, on that yeah. episode. Or Maybe. an actor that I would change. They're just that's all what I'm, That's what I mean. Cast. That's what I yeah. mean. Like the guy that's in charge of picking who goes up. Yeah. Is so good and in committed. that little part. Yep. The girl who has been waiting yep. for months yep. to have her opportunity. And also the fact that she, well, she finally got chosen, but like the fact that she was so desperate to get chosen, I, I wanted to scream at the TV like, girl, calm down. They're not picking you because you're desperate. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and you're bad, you know? And she was bad. Yeah. And I wonder what happened to her. Did she just go back to the bike? And this is something else that I really relate to is like, I don't have a, I don't have an accurate sense of how good or bad any of the content I create is. Mm. And I, I was woken up to that recently. You know, when I, I felt like, um, like certain things that I make are more wanted than other things that I make. But does that make it good or bad? Well, that's the thing is I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think demand makes um, something good. But I do think that people responding to and coming back for more of something uh, okay. is a very clear barometer of whether or not it's good or bad. Okay. Um, you sure? Cause no, I'm not up, sure. Because like, Keeping Up With The Kardashians has a very strong following. Well, is it they're good? doing something for a lot of people. And I don't know what that is because I'm not involved. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty shady of me to say, but what, what are we doing? We're watching people be rich? I have no idea. I've never seen any of that. I'm just assuming that that's what that is. I think they got yeah. rich from the TV show and now people just watch them yeah. be and, rich. Yeah, I mean, like, this is, like, to me, American Idol. I wouldn't watch it because it has nothing for me. Mm. But I can't understand what it has for someone who loves it because I don't love it, yeah. so I can't get it. But that doesn't mean that oh, it's Oh, like Survivor. Not... Yeah, totally. No, we I'm made totally Andy and I made Alexandria watch I'm totally the kidding. premiere of Survivor Season 39, Island of the Idols, which... Uh... <laughs> Look at that. He is into <laughs> Right it. into my Jeff Probst get into voice. It. And... And it wasn't bad. I'm not hooked, but yeah. I don't hate it. Yeah. So I didn't good. hate it. Such a good season so far. Love it. So excited. Yeah. Want to be on it. <laughs> All right. Now we start the bid. Jesse for Survivor. Okay. That's J-E-S-S-E. <laughs> the number four. S-U-R-V-I-V-O-R. Hashtag it. <laughs> tweet it at him at Jesse Mercury. Um, and get it trending. So how would you rate this episode out of 10? <sighs> nine nine what what's docking it uh because i have a favorite episode in the whole series oh you're grading on a curve are you yeah i have a favorite episode that i think is a 10 okay and and so i think that this is like 
I cannot wait till you get there. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I hope you like it as much as I do. I find it fascinating and thrilling. And I, as soon as, as soon as the, the ending was revealed, I wanted to watch it again. Wow. Well, if people want to guess what episode that is, where would they tweet at you? Or what's a good way to contact you through yeah, social media? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, but I'm not like I'm not super on Twitter because yeah. Twitter has a way of like dragging people and it can be really sad yes, I agree. to be on Twitter. Yeah. Um but I'm on Instagram as well and both okay. are, both handles are the same. M I S S A J H E N D E R S O N. They call me U S H E R R A Y M O N D. Um Miss AJ Henderson if they want to tweet at me, but don't that then I I'm afraid that they're going to tweet nonsense or like I just want to see if they know what episode or guess what episode you, is your favorite cuz I don't want to know. I want to go into it blind. And I want to say I want to give a clue, but I don't know. I can say that in I I can't. And, and, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It involves round the clock surveillance okay great there you go yes and i, ha- I, think, I haven't seen this one yet. i think that that is i think that that's okay well if someone guesses it and that just made me so giddy like i really want you to get to that episode i want so someone bad. to tweet at you and get it yeah right. yeah yeah but also i don't want them to tweet you either so don't tweet yeah, jesse don't tweet me because he needs to find it out on his own yeah um but fuck me yeah, come on please don't please don't <laughs> tell him because i really want him to be able to just watch it not yeah because i actually sent him a list of all of my favorite black mirror episodes and he's forgotten them and i have forgotten that i sent it and i'm glad that he has not really looked at them yeah because well i always in, i think you sent that list thinking we were only going to talk about some episodes certain episodes and i was yeah. like no now you're gonna watch the whole i want to watch all we're so. gonna talk i'm gonna make you talk about all of them with me was my thought so, so you, i didn't even really read it for you 10 out, 10 out of 10 so i was thinking 10 out of 10 the the first time i saw it i was like this was a transportive experience for me and the only thing that i hesitate on to give this a perfect 10 is my feelings about asking um plus size actors to do what they were asked to do in this episode where i feel weird about it yeah it feels like but not but does that also not do what the show wants you to wants it to do that's the thing is i think it i think it succeeds yeah in in commenting on itself yeah so yeah, but but the thing about it is that they were able to straddle that line with the Wraith Babes footage. Yeah. Because there were some naked footage. people, but Abby's footage wasn't as and, naked. You know, so the third time I watched this episode was today, and I came in 20 minutes in with you because mm-hmm. I was doing some setup before mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I missed all the naked stuff today. Yeah, so that's not fresh in my mind, um, and I don't remember how far that went. Yeah. But I felt- I think I saw a couple titties. Oh, did they? Oh, I don't even remember but she, that. But it was like a she was laying on the ground- and the way that the camera was facing, and there was a dude above her. And yeah. so the way the camera was facing, you could look at anyone in the screen. But I think there was a titty like at the bottom yeah. of the screen. And this is a tricky thing because like just showing a naked woman on screen is not an offense, you know? Oh, you're right. But, yep. um, but, but as like, far as like in the, in the act of. Well, like what are the work conditions like? I mean, yeah. th- we just know that. And I don't know if Wraith babes are being treated well. But he says that they're drugged up. Right. Do you know what I mean? Does she have it, the I, same sprawling I'm, apartment as I'm almost Bingham. certain that they are not treated as well as as he wants you to believe because when you look at Abby's face after she's been a Wraith babe for a while and she's just completely there. glossed over, yeah. she looks like absolutely miserable. Yeah. And I don't think she'd look that way if she were happy. Yeah. And I did some uh, t-shirt design for a company called retired porn star. And we went to the, um, the AVN awards a couple years in a row and oh. had a booth oh. and I met a bunch of porn stars and a lot of them are really happy and like love what they do. Right, right, right. And a lot of them are not, you yeah. know, the, it's not like, 
it's not like this is a negative thing. There's a lot yeah. of wonderful porn out there. And there's a lot of incredible porn actors who are very happy and love being seen. And yeah. that's great for them. And, you know, I used to be in the Naked Sportsman Brigade <laughs> with my friends. Oh, did you? I don't mind being seen either. So oh, Lord I, Jesus. <laughs> Help us all. So I, I, it's not like automatically a bad thing, yeah. you know, to be seen nude. Obviously not. And I, I don't want to... I don't want to put that out there in the I world guess, that I yeah, think that's bad. Yeah, that's true. Bad. And I guess when but, I when I say that there was a naked lady, I'm not saying like, oh, being naked is bad. Right. I'm thinking in the Wraith Babes context. Exactly. Yes, that totally. I, when, I, when I say that, I, in my brain, see the scene that I'm talking about. Right. And I go, mm, right. because that, they, is, I don't think they're treated well. By its nature, it's an exploitive thing. Yes. So I love the idea of not showing it, but making you think it's there by like putting a thumb into an actress's mouth, which is yeah. like such a disturbing, um, it's like weirdly, it, like you feel bad for watching it. You feel like you're watching something yeah. wrong. Yeah. And, but the actress is not being asked to get onto a film set naked and like simulate sex acts yeah. besides having a thumb in her mouth, which is, you know, you know, not disgusting. It, it's kind of gross. To me as a but, germaphobe. Right. But, I, but it seems like, <laughs> It seems like they took the actress's um, well-being in mind when creating that scene, yeah. and that's what where I'm like, did they do that with the plus with, size people? With the plus size people, yeah. yeah. And that's where I'm like, I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. So, um, but maybe they did, you know. And I also know that they shot more stuff of Abby in Wraith Babes and chose not to use it. Yeah. So it's not that they just came up with this perfect way of doing it. Um, without you know putting the actress through anything untoward, mm-hmm. they shot more stuff. They just decided not to use it because they felt like the thumb in the mouth was the most disturbing of all the images that they shot. And I read that on Wikipedia, so who knows if it's true? Um, so I'm feeling like nine point eight, basically. I it's such a the experience of the episode. I think is perfect, and I think you have to be you know really worried about a lot of things like me to to really get all hot and bothered about you know. How are the people behind the scenes no, being that, treated? And that's great. That's a great thing to be is it? consider. Yes. Is it or is it like Especially as too an actor much, because you know? like it's the same thing as like if I were to be in a, a movie with slavery in it. Yeah. You would hope that I'm being treated well since I'm at being asked to do certain things on camera, right? Yeah. Especially if I'm asked to be whipped, if I'm asked to be uh, somebody's like if I'm asked to be sexually assaulted, um, small trigger warning. Sorry, I did not, we didn't warn the audience, but like, if I'm asked for that to do that, you would hope that I am being, um, side note, Jamie Foxx, when he did Django Unchained, he said when they did those scenes where he had to be whipped or where, you know what I'm saying? Where Mm -hmm. there was like heavy, like whip action happening, they would take, they would cut and then they would play like soothing music so that he, they would be able to like, rest their minds and so that he had like for a jamie scene he had um no weapon uh song by uh his fred hammond a gospel artist who would like no weapon formed against me shall prosper like things that would like rejuvenate jamie as a person Mm -hmm. while that while that was being shot and so you would hope that people would take that that care as well for our plus size people um our plus size community because they are human and they should be well taken care of. Yes, absolutely. And the things that they were asking them to do on screen was horrendous. Yes. Yeah, and that that's exactly where my discomfort lies. Yeah. Um because I but I but that aside, I think that this is one of the best made episodes of TV. I keep saying that, but I really believe it. I mean, 
every every little detail in the entire episode is helping to tell the story. Mm-hmm. You know the the way that people interact with the mach- with the the screens, um, the way that merits are counted, the mm-hmm. you know how hard people are working on the bike, how. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy is screaming at the girl who's in the reflection of his mm-hmm. bike window because he paid to watch what he's watching. You mm-hmm. know, everything about it, the the judges, the the system of control, it's just so tightly mm-hmm. wound mm-hmm. in this perfect ball of and story. And who controls the judges? That's, I mean, I would love to see a season of this show where yeah. it was like expanded on this story. I mean, I love that we don't get those details, but I do want them. And th- I think that's a sign of a really well-told story when you mm-hmm. get to the end of it and you're like, man, I wish I could have more because the I want more of these details, but I don't need it because this was a full, complete experience that taught me something about what it means to interact with technology as a human being. And I feel better for having seen it. Absolutely. I found another piece of trivia that would be great now that we're like closer to the end and we just got wrapping it up trivia says according to the book inside black mirror an original ending which was quickly discarded had bing and abby living together at the end Mm. however she'd had lots of plastic surgery and was addicted to compliance oh wow i i'm so glad they didn't do that Mm -hmm. i think that's too much selma tells there it is that's the name of the the original hotshot star Okay. Yeah, I feel like having Bing be alone at the end makes the whole thing work. Mm-hmm. That, you know, everything that he was railing against, he became, but he's accepting it because he gets a little more personal space. And that mm-hmm. is such a commodity. And to have any sort of, you know, uh, I, like, what what would you call it? Like, like the orange juice, you know? luxuries luxury yeah to have any sort of luxury is so outside of the norm of his existence that it's such a big deal orange juice is a luxury yeah Mm -hmm. um oh my god it's almost 7 p.m don't you have to leave we should wrap this up yeah (sighs) i just looked at the clock we've been talking for a long time kick me out um okay this episode was amazing i loved it yeah i can't wait for the what's next the next is uh the entire history of you okay i haven't seen this yet um, watch it yeah so watch that and we will talk and that has some really great sci-fi in it for Ooh. you some some good mechanics and technology so i'm, Ooh, I'm excited, excited to see uh what happens awesome i can't wait oh especially because you're in a relationship too oh nice yeah okay now I'm really excited. I can't wait to see it. I'm so pumped on Black Mirror. I mean, I know that National Anthem was rough, but Oof. we immediately went all the, the way. The worst is over. Yeah, we went all the way to the and top. And there are some like meh ones. Yeah. But I can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. As long as I don't have to watch anyone else fuck a pig, I'll be fine. Well. <laughs> well, Alexandra, this is super fun as always. Yeah. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and thank you listeners. I really appreciate you. Until next time, stay nerdy out there. <laughs> Space Nerds is listener-funded through Patreon. To support the show and gain access to bonus content, sign up at patreon.com slash Sci-Fi. If you love this podcast, help me spread the word by sharing it on your favorite social media platform, leaving us a positive rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice, or by contacting me directly via email at sci-fi at jessemercury.com. For more cosmic content, including my sci-fi synth-pop album, music videos, podcasts, and live streams, visit my website at jessemercury.com. Keep it spacey, baby!